0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Hi, this is Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Thanks for joining us on New Reflections We had a great show planned for you today, but unfortunately, some of our guests couldn't make it, so we're going to rebroadcast last week's show, which is a very important show on plastic surgery disasters. Great show to listen to. We'll be right back with new reflections, new episodes coming up next week. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show.
0: Welcome to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. Skin care and plastic surgery are hot topics these days. Let Dr. Rubenstein answer your questions and explain what you will want to look for in aesthetic products and cosmetic procedures. Get ready for a discussion about all things aesthetic. Now, live from Miami, Florida, American Board Certified Plastic Surgeon, Dr. Adam Rubenstein.
1: Hey, welcome back to New Reflections. Thanks for joining us today. We have a very, very serious show today, a very important show. We're going to talk about plastic surgery disasters. This is something that uh, we see in every city throughout the country. We see it a lot in Miami, and we're going to talk to some patients today that will call in and tell us their story. There are stories like this all over the world, and we're going to discuss how people found themselves in these situations, what exactly happened, if anything has been done or can be done to make things better. Plastic surgery is always something that someone goes into thinking they're going to have great results and have a wonderful outcome. And usually they do, thankfully, but not always. And we're going to talk to some people who had a somewhat of a negative experience, had some trouble, and in some cases it all turned out just fine. It certainly turned out better, but the important thing is let's learn what we can do to avoid getting ourselves into this trouble. I'm Dr. Adam Rubenstein. I'm joined by Pamela Howard.
2: Hello, how are we doing today?
1: We're doing great. And wonderful. This is well we're doing well. Our patients now are doing well, but some of these folks did not do well for a while. That's correct. And we're going to talk to a lot of these folks and hear exactly what happened. I know I have lots of these stories in my practice. We have tons of folks that come in that have similar issues. And uh, unfortunately, it's more common than i liked like it to be. I recall one story which was just unbelievable. I mean, really not to be believed. If I, if I wasn't sitting there hearing the story from the patient and then doing some investigation and really seeing that this is really what happened, you, you just wouldn't believe it. Um, the uh, patient came to me and... Was in tears over something that happened during a breast augmentation. Um, she had uh, the the patient had gone to a clinic, and the clinic advertised that they had a board certified plastic surgeon uh, that was going to help her. And she went and had surgery. She had this uh, breast augmentation by a, a doctor who told her that he was a, a plastic surgeon. And everything went fine with the surgery, but then afterwards, nobody called her for follow up. And so she was sitting at home. And she said, "Gee, you know, it's been three weeks. I probably ought to see somebody." So she went back to the clinic, and said, "Hey, no one called me. I didn't know what to do. I wasn't sure. I mean, she really wasn't getting guided." And they looked up her record and said, "Oh, you know, your doctor doesn't work here. He just comes and does the surgery here, and uh, you need to go see him at, at his office." So she goes to his office. They give, him the, they give her the address, and she sits in the office all day long. In a few hours waiting to be seen. And ultimately that she gets shown into a room and uh, she's waiting to see the doctor. The doctor walks in. It's the doctor that operated on her and she recognizes him and she tells him the story. says, look, I, I've, it's been three weeks or, or more, however long it had been. It's been a while and I had a surgery. I still have these stitches. Shouldn't I get these stitches taken out? These wounds don't look right. It, it's not healing right. And uh, Someone did take the stitches out for her and, and the doctor said, excuse me, uh, give me a minute and left the room. Now." You know, we, we've heard stories of people that, that use this excuse. You know, if you're caught, someone sees you cheating on your wife or doing something you probably shouldn't be doing, it's the old wasn't me excuse. Now, this doctor walks back into the room. Now, mind you, she recognizes him from surgery. He operated on her. He walks back in the room and says, I'm sorry, uh, I wasn't your doctor. I wasn't your surgeon. I didn't operate on you. I don't know who did. I can't help you. Just leaves her out in the cold, completely denies that he was the doctor that operated on this girl. Can you believe that it's unbelievable so that's she doesn't know what to do a,
2: that's a horrible it, circumstance for any patient when you know especially given that she actually met with him prior to surgery, and now he's in total denial that he is her <laughs> surgeon
1: he, well he's not in well yeah, he, is, he is literally denying uh, and trying to just sort of skate out of it, saying, "Hey, it wasn't me. I, I didn't do it. I don't know what you're talking about." You know, it's just unbelievable. I and mean, there are records that show this guy's name on it. That he's—they've met personally. He operated on this girl, and he's trying to put forth that it wasn't him.
2: Yeah, that's very un- unfortunate. Was he a real board-certified plastic surgeon?
1: <laughs> well, let's talk about you know when she came to me. Here she is, and, and I—I'm telling you, she was crying because. What I saw when she came to the office was about the worst scarring I've ever seen from a breast augmentation. She had huge, thick, what are called hypertrophic scars. These are big, wide, thick scars, and her incisions were at the edge of her areola, which I prefer. I love that incision. I I think those incisions, when they're done properly, heal so beautifully, you can hardly even find a scar when you're looking for it, but in her case, she had been sewn Sort of like a baseball stitch, over and over, all the way through, and the incision was really big. It was about half of her areola. Now, all of that had been replaced by scar tissue. I mean, two thirds of her areolar skin was now scar, and it just looked nasty. And here's this beautiful twenty-something-year-old girl with just absolute devastation in the way that her her nipples and areola looked. So. You know I, I had to I did operate on her, I'd revised her scars, but here she is sitting in my office, crying and worried. I mean, can you imagine? put yourself in her position? Here you are. you had this surgery. you went into it thinking, okay, I'm going to do something for myself, I'm going to make my breast a little bigger, It'll make me feel more comfortable with myself. I'll look better in clothing. And she goes in and has this horrible, horrible outcome. And she's young, she's in her 20s, but she has a long life to live with these things. And then the doctor says, it wasn't me, I can't help you. So, and she doesn't know where to go, what to do. Then she starts doing some research and, and she ends up coming to see me. And we we did uh, operate on her and uh, make her look normal again. But if you look close, still about half of her areolar skin is scar. It looks, from a distance, it looks fairly normal because the color is pretty well matched but it's still scar tissue and the sensation's not the same I and mean, she's very happy that she's kind of back to normal but then we started looking into this doctor the doctor told her he was a plastic surgeon well i looked into it this doctor did 1 year of training in this country he was trained outside the country actually trained in cuba and he was trained in, in on the on the state of florida website you have to report your own background it's actually doctor self reported and when i looked up what this guy put down as far as i can see he had one year of training in the United States, which is the bare minimum, as you know, Pamela, to get your license. you got to do one year of some kind of internship to be able to get a license.
2: Now, that's basic medical license. You know, there is not a, a license for plastic surgery. That's and right. That's something that we got to make very clear to our listeners is that any licensed medical doctor can claim to be a cosmetic surgeon, plastic surgeon, or any kind of surgeon for that matter.
1: It's true. It's true. And… You know, this guy had such bare minimal training, it really is kind of frightening. Uh, I don't know what he was trained in, in in Cuba. It did, it said pediatric surgery is what his training was. and I, I, I tend to doubt that. I, I wonder if he was a surgeon at all, but let, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Say he was some form of a pediatric surgeon in Cuba. He comes to this country and has 1 year of general training it was not uh, as far as i could tell even uh, typically a surgical training let alone plastic surgery and this guy's putting forth that he was board certified by the american board the american i think the american board of abdominal surgery the american academy of abdominal surgery which is is not a board of any kind whatsoever Yeah what is that Right in fact i tried to look it up and there is an organization that's sort of like a a society i think maybe the american society of, of abdominal surgeons or something but in no way shape or form is that a certification in any event this poor girl didn't know what she was getting into she ended up with this horrible outcome thankfully she looks normal but functionally her nipples will never have you know her areola will never have the same sensation the tissue is scar tissue i don't know if she's going to be able to breastfeed with the amount of scar tissue that was there and and it's it's all because of making a questionable choice when she went in to have a procedure done. We see this all over Miami. There are tons of these clinics that advertise really low prices. And a lot of these clinics are operating, at least she went to a place that was a medical facility and saw a licensed doctor. There's lots of things that happen that the people that are doing them aren't even doctors. Especially here in Miami, there there are some garage operating rooms and things being done in hotel rooms you would not believe really frightening things. So this poor girl, her, this, this is sort of just wetting the appetite of the show and just giving you a little hint of what goes on. Her outcome wasn't so bad, but she does have uh, some pretty miserable things that she now has to live with for the rest of her life. And if she would had done a little bit of research in the beginning and checked this guy out, even on the Florida Board of Medicine website, something wouldn't make sense. It was pretty clear this guy was not uh, an appropriate choice. To do the things she wanted to do, and when she did do her research, she ended up going to see me, and I think she saw a couple other, uh, you know, true board certified, real board certified plastic surgeons, and ended up having it fixed and looking reasonably normal. But she carries this baggage. We have these clinics all over. I'm sure you have them where you are, Pamela.
2: They're nationwide. They are an yeah. epidemic nationwide.
1: Yeah, yes. and it's it's really scary. It's scary because patients don't know. Exactly what to do. I hope that folks that are listening learn a little bit today on the show. And, and we did a show uh, a little while back on how to choose a plastic surgeon. And you can listen to our shows. By the way, if you're listening to this show, you can go on the website at VoiceAmerica.com on my uh, channel on, on my page, and you can listen to the archive shows. You can also go to iTunes. Just Look up New Reflections in iTunes in the podcast section and you can listen, you can download all of our shows. In fact, this show, as soon as we're done, is going to be put up on iTunes. And there's a show that we did on how to choose a plastic surgeon. If you're listening, you're thinking about having a a procedure done, do yourself a favor and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. There's just a lot of good information there that will help you if you listen to it and you, you take it to heart and you do a little bit of homework, a little research before you choose to have something done. We're talking about these clinics. We have these clinics all over Miami, I know they're all over most major cities, that advertise all over the radio and all over television, you know, buy one boob, get the second boob at half price, you know, uh, uh, come (laughs) in, you know, have uh, two free areas of liposuction with your tummy tuck, you know, come in, wait, wait, don't order yet because you also get a, a free set of Ginsu knives, you know, all these ridiculous things that people are advertising. And you have to ask yourself, if you have to advertise to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars a month, even over a hundred thousand, I know one clinic in here in town spends over a hundred thousand dollars a month in advertising. If you have to advertise that much, shouldn't you ask yourself why, if you hear a clinic that's advertising everywhere you go, everything you see, you got to ask yourself, if they've been in business for a while, why are they advertising so heavily? Well, I'll tell you why. They can't maintain their practice, their business based upon past patients. Really once you've been in practice for about four or five years, you should have enough happy people out there, you should have enough of a reputation to be able to keep you going without having to advertise heavily. When you're advertising thousands and thousands of dollars every month, it's to maintain business because you just can't maintain it on your reputation.
2: I'd also like to point out that anybody can buy advertisement space and time on television and radio. There is no checks and balances system for these rogue physicians and these phony physicians. Anybody can get online, pay for that time, pay for a an ad, pay for a celebrity or a personality name to pitch how wonderful they are. They're all paid for that. There is nothing that can stop them from this false advertising either.
1: Well, and that's a good point. You know, we are restricted as Board Certified Plastic Surgeons, the American Board of Plastic Surgery has a code of ethics as does the American Society of Plastic Surgeons and the American Society for Aesthetic Plastic Surgery. All of these organizations, if you're a member, you have to abide by their code of ethics and the code of ethics is very strict on what you can and cannot say in any type of marketing material. In fact, all of your marketing material is reviewed by the board when you're trying to get board certified. And it is not that easy to comply with everything that they say. You really have to be careful what you say. You can't say anything that implies that you are better or or more uh, qualified or or somehow superior to any other surgeon uh, that you have in town or in the country. You really have to be careful. But the people that are not members of these things, well, they can... Say anything they want. You know, they yeah, they'll, the
2: ref- they'll refer to themselves often as an expert. If you see that word "expert," make that a red flag. They say that they are the best, or they're an expert. They're not the real thing.
1: Yeah, you got to be careful. Uh, and and they may there are places that that may not be uh, board certified plastic surgeon that may have expertise in certain procedures. There are some procedures that can be done by people that are not just a plastic surgeon. However you got to be careful where you, what you're choosing. I'm uh, in a little bit of a tete-a-tete with a, a local guy uh, in ENT, who is a, you know an ENT, ear nose and throat doctor, and he does facial plastic surgery, but then he's also done breast augmentation and liposuction. And this particular guy got in trouble for uh, things that, uh, that he did on a patient that you know, he had a, a horrible complication with a lifestyle lift. A uh, patient died down here during a lifestyle lift, and this, this uh, doctor was the one that was doing the procedure. And it, it, it's you got to be careful who you choose. I mean, if someone may be qualified to do facial surgery. Probably, if they, if they're limited to that, they, they should not be doing breast augmentation or liposuction. As someone who uh, is an oculoplastic surgeon that does eyes, probably shouldn't be doing facelifts, or let alone breast surgery or body surgery. We're going to take a short break now. When we come back, we're going to talk with our first patient calling in. She went to one of these clinics that we're talking about where she did have a person who was a board certified plastic surgeon. And uh, when we come back, we'll have her on the line and we'll, we'll hear her story. It's uh, not, a, not a real happy one, uh, although it, it ends well. So thanks for joining us in New Reflections. We're going to be right back after this short break talking with our patient about rhinoplasty.
3: Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness.
4: Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. Make sure you do your homework. Why? This is not my car I'm working on. I may settle for an okay job on that, but I won't settle for anything less when it comes to my body. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein.
5: People pick a doctor based on trust. You can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for call 305-792-7575. That's 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard in the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry.
3: My doctor
4: is Adam Rubenstein.
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. For listening
0: to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1 866 472 5792. Again, that's 1 866 472 5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections.
1: Welcome back to New Reflections. We're here talking about plastic surgery disasters, and uh, we have with us Rosa. Welcome to the show, Rosa.
6: Hi, Dr. Rubenstein.
1: It's great to have you on the show. I wish it were for happier reasons, but at least your story ends well. You went to a clinic here in town that advertises all over the radio, all over television. This is one of the clinics that we're talking about that gives crazy low prices, does Dozens of procedures a day is sort of like a, a mill of plastic surgery. I often say that places like that are the McDonald's of plastic surgery. Not that McDonald's makes bad food, but the point is that they're cranking out high volume at low prices. And yes. you know you had an experience with them tell us what, what led you to go there and uh, tell us what your experience was like.
6: Well, um, it starts when I was a little girl. I was in a little accident, and my nose was broken, and it was never fixed and as I got older, uh, it became really, really hard for me to breathe i was always I always felt like I was always congested and it was just not uncomfortable for me to breathe and and sleep comfortable and and I decided to fix my nose, um not just for a purpose of the the little broke the little hump that it was the result of the accident. But m- my main reason was to have more comfortable breathing and, and sleep at night. And, um, I, I was r- recommended to, pla- uh, to place named Strax Strat's rejuvenation. Mm-hmm. It's located in Fort Lauderdale. Um, I was put through a doctor hand and he was highly recommended. Um, I, Make my mistake, I really didn't check his background really thoroughly. Um, and he said he can fix it, no problem. He but now you, you, um,
1: you, were, you were commenting that you didn't check his background thoroughly. And, and, and this show really is not about trying to single out any one doctor or any one clinic. But tell me, what, what did, did you ultimately look into anything? I mean, if you had looked into it, what would you have found? Well,
6: I, I I find out that he graduated from Harvard, and uh, he had some experience in plastic surgery, but I really didn't check if he had any complaints, anything on his license, which uh-huh. I probably should start there.
1: Okay, um, so, uh, so suffice to say that afterwards, when you had your issues... When you started looking into it, you discovered that it may be this particular doctor did have some history of people not being happy or, or, or even worse yet, maybe some legal history.
6: That's correct. After, after all, I find out how to look for this and how to search for that kind of, um, I guess, recommendation, and it was a little bit too late
1: afterwards. Okay. And so you had your surgery, and, and what was the outcome? What happened?
6: Um, I probably should on the day of the surgery. Uh, uh, but I probably should stop there because he was even rec- when I was about to go under anesthesia. He recommends that he can do my breast as well, which I never even mentioned. Um, which was very odd for me that he would even recommend something like that. I never mentioned at uh, the consultation. I was very happy. My my purpose was to fix my nose, and that's it. And after the surgery, things got really, really bad. My breathing become, I mean, as it's, it's twice, if not more, more difficult for me to breathe. But uh, now, hold crazy. on. You mentioned he, he he asked
1: you to if he mentioned he could also operate on your breast. Did you have surgery on your breast too?
6: No, I've never had anything done to my breast. Uh, he he recommends to put implants, which I was a little bit throwing off because I'm not. I'm like I need breast implants, but he recommends. Oh well, you're such a pretty girl. Maybe you should do think about it. Um, I can do it right now since you go in under anesthesia. And so I so wait, wait a second.
1: Uh, did did you choose to have that done?
6: No, I've never okay. even mentioned okay. in the consultation that I want anything except my nose.
1: Uh, so so ultimately the only thing that he operated on was your nose
6: my nose and my lower um, lid uh, under my eyes
1: okay and and was that something you asked about too
6: I didn't he mentioned the consultation because I have big like bags under my eyes mm-hmm. um and, and like it, it kind of bothered me but it's not like it was my priority but he mentioned he said well we so, can fix So that. he
1: he actually mentioned that you you, you came for your nose, and he yes, mentioned correct. two other things that you could have done without you really asking about them.
6: Well, at the consultation, he mentioned only about my eyes.
1: But you didn't then, ask about that, and he just recommended that to you.
6: He recommended. That's correct. He recommended, right. and uh, I i'd thought about my eyes for a long time. It wasn't my priority, but when he mentioned, he explained how it could how it needs to be done and what will be the result. I kind of got, at that moment, excited, I was, why not, um, why can't we just fix that at the same time?
1: All right, so ultimately, the bottom line is you went there for your nose, and the surgeon, then besides your nose, basically tried to talk you into or recommend that you have two other procedures that you didn't personally bring up to him.
6: Well, technically one.
1: Okay, so you I, mentioned the, at lower the
6: consultation legs? but the breast he, on the day of my surgery like 10 minutes before I was about to go on anesthesia he mentioned to me when he just came by just before the nurse starts proceeding with anesthesia he's like oh uh, we're gonna do the nose and this and that he's like why don't we just uh, do the breast and I was like breast? I never asked for the <laughs> breast he's like well you're such a young pretty girl why don't we just do okay, the
1: let, me, let me just tell the people that are listening to the show that that is so unethical. Yes. It really is unbelievably unethical to do that. You know, first of all, it's, it's one thing I don't even like to recommend. You know, patients will come to the office and they'll sit down and say, Doc, what do you recommend for me? I feel like I look old. What can I do to make myself look younger? And I don't even give them any advice as far as that goes because if a person can't tell me specifically what bothers them, they're not ready to have a procedure. And it's, in my opinion, and in the opinion of, I think, of any you know ethical plastic surgeon or a doctor for that matter. It is completely unethical to suggest to a patient that they have a procedure that they have never even suggested they might be interested in, let alone 10 minutes before you're about to operate on them and add a procedure onto the plan. It takes a lot of counseling a full consultation, a big discussion of all the risks and benefits, I and mean, this is not something you do in 10 minutes, certainly not the 10 minutes before you're about to operate on somebody. So, you know, this, yeah. if it ever happens to folks that are listening to the show, run, don't walk, run yes. to the nearest exit, and don't all go back. Right. Okay? Run
6: I mean, as fast as you can, because I felt like somebody took something out of my soul. Because I felt like I was, like he was trying to upsell service. But I don't even want, I didn't ask for it, I don't want, it's, it was just not a good feeling, and it, I was just, I didn't know what to do, should I backed out? I have so many things going on. You're so
1: vulnerable, how are you going to make that choice? You're vulnerable, you're laying there, you're about to have the, uh, the procedure done, and what are you going to say, what are you going to do? You know, I, I think this is important, you mentioned upsell, there's an important distinction between a lot of these clinics, like the one you mentioned earlier and a, a private doctor's practice. And uh, so the, the the difference is this. For a doctor in practice, it is someone who uh, is a doctor first and is making a living at it second. And that is the absolute truth. Doctors care more about the patient's well-being than they do about the bottom line and that that may not be the popular belief in in the society. A lot of folks think doctors are so wealthy and doing so well and the truth is a lot of doctors really don't make as much money as they think they do but we do it because we love what we do and we do care about the patient more than we care about any bottom line. That is the absolute truth but at the clinics, most of these clinics are owned by businessmen. The one you're talking about is owned. There's a partnership that includes one lawyer and one businessman and uh, perhaps a, a, sec, a third businessman. I'm not sure, uh, but they are not doctors, and it's a business first and a medical practice second. They places like that care about the bottom line a lot more than they care about any one patient. And I'll tell you, me personally, I lose sleep if a patient has a bad outcome or has something that's just it's, isn't everything they want it to be. It could be a good outcome, and and just not everything they want it to be. I lose sleep. I literally lay in bed at night running it through my head, thinking about what can we do to improve things, to make it better. I feel horrible about it. Let me tell you, most of these places don't lose one minute of sleep over a bad outcome to them. It's a numbers game. They don't care if they get sued. They don't care if they have bad publicity, so long as they can continue to advertise and churn out the dollars. That's what it's about. Because it's a business first and a medical practice second. So Rosa, here you had worse breathing than when you went in with, and now you were completely intimidated and and felt Horrible about your body and yourself because here someone's suggesting you should have your breast done. You never mentioned it. You had your lower lids done, so your nose was worse. How did the lower lids turn out?
6: Well, I wasn't happy at all. It created like um like an extra bumpy looking. It was just not good at all. Neither my nose, neither my eyes. I was like I I was heartbroken. Uh, I was uncomfortable with my breathing it got even worse um it it was just not good at all how long littering. did you go
1: how long did you go before you came to have a revision
6: well um i waited about 6 months for you know for everything to heal at least at at minimum and then i went for about three different consultations and on the fourth one i ended up at your office and um, which which i really like that you recommend wait at least another six months for everything to really really heal before we start making any changes.
1: Yeah, and, and with noses, I think it's a good thing. A lot of people will will initially not be so happy. They'll be swollen. They'll have things will change. It takes a good year for a nose to settle down. And you know, I, I, we could talk about your story for the whole show but we're going to have to wrap it up a little bit because we have another guest to get to and talk about her story. But in the end, let's summarize. First of all, you know, we did do a revision for you and, and you're much happier with how things look now. Is that right? Very happy. Okay. I, so
6: look is, it's, I'm I'm happy with my look, but my breathing, it's, it's night and day. So I'm very, very happy um, that I don't walk a five-year-old with the stuck-up nose all day long. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I'm, I'm happy that things turned out well for you. I wish you hadn't gone down that road, and, and your story is one where you went to one of those clinics that's all about the volume and, and not necessarily about the safety or quality, and, and they did probably give you a, an inexpensive price to have all that stuff done, but they're just trying to upsell and crank things out. It really made you uncomfortable, and in the end, gave you a lousy result that you had to go and spend more money to, to fix. And you were probably the best scenario of all the people we're going to talk to because you went to a place where it was a qualified surgeon that was operating on you. The surgeon was board or is board certified. But there were other things in the background. So it's important to check out not only the board certification and where the what board is certifying, but also to look into the county records to see if there's been any legal action and look at the board of medicine records to see if there's been any disciplinary action. These are two different things. And if you had done that, you might have made a different choice from the start. But I'm glad that things worked out well for you. I really appreciate you coming on the show, Rosa. Thanks for sharing your story. Thank thank you for having me. (laughs) Well, we appreciate it. We're going to go to a brief commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to have another patient that maybe didn't make a great choice to have liposuction in a particular place in a particular way. So after just a, a short break, we'll be back talking about liposuction and a bad outcome on New Reflections.
3: Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness.
4: Cosmetic surgery is a big deal. Make sure you do your homework. Why? This is not my car I'm working on. I may settle for an okay job on that, but I won't settle for anything less when it comes to my body. Do your homework. My doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons. My doctor is a fully board-certified plastic surgeon. My doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals. My doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university. My doctor is Adam Rubenstein.
5: People pick a doctor based on trust. You can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. That's 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard in the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry.
4: My doctor is Adam Rubenstein.
3: Are listening to
0: New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com. That's info at dr-rubenstein.com. Now, back to New Reflections.
1: Welcome back to New Reflections. We're here talking about plastic surgery disasters. And we just heard from Rosa and her issue with uh, having a nose surgery, a rhinoplasty, that she went in to try and breathe better and actually came out breathing worse and made that choice without really looking into a doctor's qualifications, not so much the certification, but his other things, other things in the history, you know, the lawsuits and disciplinary action and all kinds of things. And you can look that stuff up in your county uh, records, public records department, and at your board of medicine, wherever you are, with state board of medicine. We're now joined by Nikki. Welcome to the show, Nikki. Thanks for calling in.
7: Hi. Thank you.
1: We really appreciate having you on the show. And your story is a little different. You yes. had you had liposuction done. Tell us uh, when you were choosing your doctor. How did you make your choice, and, and where'd you go?
7: Well, um, first I went to actually to two doctors and. I was told that I really needed to have a tummy tuck. And I didn't want the downtime of a tummy tuck, plus just it was too expensive. And I thought, no, I just, you know, I just want somebody to tell me they can just suck a little out and it'll be fine. And so I'd heard about this um, local doctor who was a dermatologist, Mm -hmm. and he was advertising that he could do um, liposuction in office without having to go to the hospital and um, just... And you didn't have to be in on anesthesia. He would just do a local anesthesia so you're, you know, you're awake and you go home that same day. Mm-hmm. And it was also in my price range. Um, so I went and, you know, had a consultation with him, looked at some pictures, and um, was assured, oh, no, you don't need a tummy tuck, and just we'll just do liposuction. And so I did it and um, did not get a good result. I had a lot of rippling and... um different, yeah, it just was not smooth, and so I went and back, so and he...
1: so when you, when you had, I'm sorry, but when you had yeah. the, the liposuction, when you chose to do that, I understand, you know, it fit the budget, and and it seemed like you went to someone who had experience and was going to do a good job, but when you'd been to other doctors that told you you needed a tummy tuck, I'm wondering, did you have any excess skin that might have been hanging over a little bit?
7: I mean, I didn't think I did. I, I didn't, it wasn't... I, I mean, I was wearing a two-piece and thought I just had kind of a, a pudgy tummy, not an excess skin-type tummy that I've... Okay. Not, yeah, no. Okay. That's why I just couldn't believe, you know, that I really needed a tummy tuck. But, sure. So.
1: so you had the surgery, and, and you ended up with lots of rippling and uneven results, and you went back, and what happened?
7: Well, I went back several times. I mean, he repeated the procedure in a few areas, um, maybe even twice and um just kept assuring me oh just give it time give it time it'll be okay and so now wait a um, second
1: you had surgery done uh and then how long after the first procedure did you go and have a touch-up done
7: i would say six months later
1: okay all right so you waited six months and then you may have gone back a a third time
7: did i yes i did i went back a third time um because he said to try to you know help with some of the unevenness and um and it just and the coloration it also was very uh, discolored after he did it. I
1: and mean, then you have did, did you have traditional liposuction, or was he was a doctor using a laser or ultrasound or any other type of technology? Do you know?
7: I believe it was traditional with the smaller needle cannula, whatever. And you know he would inject the lidocaine or whatever kind of numbing agent it was, and then he would uh-huh. expand. He expanded the areas with maybe air somehow. I don't know. It got puffy, uh-huh. puffed up and then he sucked out.
1: Right. Well, the puffing was was putting in that local anesthesia, but how, okay. was, were you comfortable during the procedure?
7: Well, I was laying on a table and I felt the, I definitely felt the little, the pricks of the, um, where he did the anest, anesthetizing, whatever you call it. Right. Um, uh-huh. And I mean, it was okay. I wasn't, uh-huh. I mean, I did take some kind of medicine to kind of get woozy.
1: Mm-hmm. And that they, they gave you, or you, you took yes, it orally? Me. You took it orally, yes, right? T- took it orally, yes. right.
7: Yeah,
1: you know, that law has changed here in, in Florida now uh, in, in terms of how they classify these type of operations. See, in order to do just local anesthesia, you don't really need to have hospital privileges or, or anything like that. Uh, but if you're giving any kind of sedation, and it used to be IV sedations, so you had to give someone something through the veins, that qualified as sedation, even if it was really light, just to take the edge off. But now if you're giving someone certain types of pills, probably the kind of pills you took for your procedure, that also is considered sedation. So I wonder, your doctor, I don't know if your doctor has hospital privileges to perform liposuction.
7: No, I'm sure he didn't. He doesn't. Pamela knows who he is. He's Yeah.
1: yeah, All right. Well, so you know that's one thing to consider. Always ask your doctor if they can do this in a hospital if you choose to do that, because that will separate the people who you know are qualified to do greater procedures. And the other thing to think about is that if you went to see a couple folks and they said you need a tummy tuck, and then you go to another doctor, oh, I can fix it with just liposuction. You got to ask yourself, is that the truth? And, And it may have been your doctor may have genuinely thought that, or is it that he only has the the liposuction to offer? So, of course, it's a great choice. It's all I can do for you. So even if you need the tummy tuck, I'm going to say liposuction is a better choice because it's all I can do. I can't do the, lipos- the tummy tuck for you. So be wow. careful when you're seeing someone, you know, if they only have one tool, they're going to try and use that tool on everybody. And, and I have a, a, a mentor over the years, one of the great plastic surgeons uh, that I, I got to train with years ago. And he always used to say, and probably still does today, no one key fits every lock. And uh, that is an important thing to think about. If you're going to see someone that's got one tool, but you need other tools in the plan, it might not be the best choice. So you you end up having this problem. And, and what happened? Where'd you go?
7: Okay. Well, I just never was pleased with the reu- with the results. So I did end up going to a a, a real plastic surgeon, and um, um, and tried to. You know, we went from there trying to to make improvements, trying to do different things to help the uh, rippling. And what ended up, what happened when he went in there, when the plastic surgeon did his procedure, um, he ended up having to do a hernia repair because, as it turns out, the dermatologist went too deep with the liposuction and damaged some of my um, stomach muscles. Wow. And I wondered why I had a little pooch around the area of my belly button and I never had him. It was more protrude, And that's what it was. It was, so the plastic surgeon had to do the hernia repair. He also had to, uh, lots of stuff to, it was,
1: it was. Well, I'm sorry you had a real rough go. And I know when you were going into this, you probably felt like you were making a good choice. It was a properly trained doctor. And let me say, Dermatologists are qualified to do liposuction. In fact, some of the early advances, one of, one of the biggest advances in liposuction was the idea of putting in that medicine, it's called tumescent technique, putting the local anesthesia and some other medication into the fat first before you suction it out. That was popularized by a guy named Dr. Klein. and Dr. Klein was a dermatologist. So, having a dermatologist do liposuction is not necessarily a bad choice. But the problem that you'll have is if you are a patient that maybe you need uh, a tummy tuck or, or you know, some other procedure, they can't offer that to you. So, wow. you're getting a very limited scope of, of their knowledge and experience looking at you and giving you the advice. You so just got kind of to bear that in mind. And if, if lipo is all you need and there's a dermatologist that you trust that had done a lot of this, they, they could be a good choice. But you just got to take all the factors into account. So you went to see uh, a board-certified plastic surgeon, and and you've had a couple procedures. And and how are things now?
7: Um, Well, I wish I could say a lot better. But, um, I mean, they are better, definitely, that it's improved, the rippling. But it's it's still, you know, bumpy and ripply and discolored and, you know, I didn't tell my children what I did, but they look at it and they're like, ooh, what is wrong with your stomach, Mom? So, yeah, you know, it's been a rough go. But, I mean, there's things that the plastic surgeon says that we can do um, when I'm ready, you know, mentally. Because every time you have the procedure, you have to wear the tight-fitting garments and the, you sure. know, for weeks and weeks and weeks. And you, and it's so it's not something I'm I'm looking forward to diving back into right away. But I think I will eventually go back and try to, have it further repaired.
1: Well and you know having a hernia that was caused by liposuction is a pretty unusual complication and uh, boy uh, yeah, it's, it's such a difficult road that you've had to travel down and now had you, had you done, have you looked into that doctor since then? Is there anything that you might have learned before your surgery that would have changed things?
7: Well, I mean just kind of hearing around town that that's happened before and with other dermatologists that do this, they've had I, I've just heard of a lot of bad results and I just would uh, advise any of my friends for sure not to go to a dermatologist. But to go well. to a, a true plastic surgeon because it's just you're you're not going to save money and 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 pain and yeah, I should have I should have gone with the plastic surgeon's decision.
1: Well, you know, again, I think if you're going to try and get advice, you need to get it from someone who's got broad experience that can look at the total picture and, and pick out the right procedures. And it's not uncommon in my practice. Someone will come and I'll say, look, this is what you need. And either they'll come and they, and a lot of times it is that liposuction tummy tuck question where someone comes in and they, they want to have lipo, but they have some excess or hanging skin or, or they're about to, you know, if you do the suctioning, you'll have some hanging skin. And that's a tough decision, but a good plastic surgeon is gonna look at you and say, and you apparently went to a couple that were that gave you the right advice and just said, Look, they did,
7: yeah. you're
1: not you know, you're not gonna be able to do this, you're not gonna be happy with liposuction, you ought to consider, you know, doing what I'm telling you and and not to do the procedure that would not give you the best result. That's where you're gonna get the experience and wisdom of a of a an, a good, well-trained, experienced plastic surgeon that can tell you what the ultimate outcome is gonna be looking at where you are today and choosing the right procedure so Nikki you know I hope that in the end everything works out just as the way you'd like it to be I know that you're in good hands and I know that yes. if, you, if you persevere things will get better and better and I'm sorry you didn't you know as a plastic surgeon I want everybody to have a great experience with these type of procedures and unfortunately you just you know you, you had a rough go Yes. well thank
7: you thank you well, for thank- what you're doing to get the word out
1: well, thanks. I, I appreciate that. And that's what we're all about. We're trying to help and educate everybody and, and help them make good choices. So thanks for giving us a call and joining us on New Reflections today.
7: You're welcome. Thanks. Bye-bye.
1: Bye. Bye. Well, we're we're going to go real soon to our next guest uh, after we take a short commercial break. When we come back, we're going to be speaking with a guest who had some breast surgery and that surgery was done out of the country. She opted to Have surgery done outside the United States, and we're going to hear about her experience when we come back on New Reflections after this short break.
3: Real Life Solutions, Voice America Health and Wellness
4: cosmetic surgery is a big deal if you need a coronary bypass procedure you probably want someone you trust and not the biggest bargain in town you might get more than you bargained for this is your face and body we're talking about do your homework my doctor trained with world-renowned plastic surgeons my doctor is a fully board certified plastic surgeon my doctor is an MD and on staff at several Florida hospitals my doctor is an associate professor of surgery at a major university My doctor is Adam Rubenstein.
1: People pick a doctor based on trust, and you can trust Dr. Rubenstein. He has the experience, knowledge, and artistic touch you're looking for. Call 305-792-7575. Call today for a free consultation in a multilingual office. That's 305-792-7575. Dr. Adam Rubenstein, Turnberry Plastic Surgery at Biscayne Boulevard and the William Lehman Causeway, where medicine meets artistry.
4: My doctor is Adam Rubenstein.
3: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening
0: to New Reflections with Dr. Adam Rubenstein. If you have a question or comment for the host or this week's guests, please call. 1-866-472-5792 Again, that's 1-866-472-5792 You can also send an email to info at dr-rubenstein.com That's info at dr-rubenstein.com Now, back to New Reflections
1: Welcome back to New Reflections We're here with our third guest, Marisol Marisol, welcome to New Reflections Thank you Thanks for calling in. We're going to talk about your experience with breast surgery. And, and you left the country to go have surgery. Where did you get, go to have your initial procedure done?
8: I went to Colombia.
1: And you went to Colombia? In this country, there's a trend now. And mm-hmm. that, that trend is that folks are looking to find the cheapest price. And because they don't want to pay the prices in the United States, they look to other countries. And Colombia is very popular. There are a lot of other South American and Central American uh, places. A lot of people go to Mexico. Uh, There's other countries that are very popular, Brazil, Argentina, a lot of places that people will go and have procedures done. And mostly it's because they want to pay a lot less. But you're actually from Colombia originally, right? Yes, exactly. And so tell me, how um, how did you make the choice to go to Colombia to have your surgery?
8: Because my family lived there, and I, it was easier for me to, to stay with them and have them taking care of, take care of me while I was recuperating from their surgery. All
1: right. So for so you, it, it, was a, it, it was a reasonable choice. It really wasn't based yeah, on the cost.
8: exactly. No, it wasn't but, exactly the cost. It was just because it was convenient.
1: Sure, and, and the other thing is that you, know, you have a support network there, you had people that could help take care of you, so at least in the initial recovery phase, you weren't going to be alone, where most people that come to the United States and go to other countries, they're doing it based on the bottom line. But yes. in, the uh-huh. end, in the end, you had a, a little bit of difficulty that a lot of people that are trying to find the cheapest price don't think about. So Tell us what happened with your surgery.
8: Well when I came back to United States I got my my breasts started hardening and and, and they were in a lot of pain. And when I tried to approach the doctor that who did it, he never even answered the calls. So I was furious and uh in a lot of pain for about six months.
1: Oh my goodness. So but you had, so it was for 6 months and and this doctor who presumably you know your family knows other people around Colombia I mean this is your your local and he was for, for he was purposes.
8: recommended by somebody
1: that knows who knows him so yeah, and never the, and that recommendation you know when you go to South America Central America anywhere outside the United States you don't have board certification to mm. uh to follow up with so you know, you really just have the reputation, the local reputation of people, there's no way to look into it. And, and also, outside the United States, there really isn't um, uh, a, a true board that certifies people in most places. So uh-huh. you don't have any standardization of trainings, so there really is nothing to judge, you really have to just go by that reputation. And so you did, and you made what you thought was a great choice, but here you are, you're having lots of pain, and how did the breast look initially?
8: They looked horrible. I looked up into the mirror,
1: and I was uh, scared of me. Wow! So you really had uh, you, you had a really rough situation. Now, yeah, and, and now you're back in the United States, and what, this is what people don't think about. They may get a very inexpensive price to go to another country and have surgery done, and if all goes well, okay, you saved a few bucks, but you took a, you took a risk, and the a risk very, worked out. Very down. big
8: risk.
1: Yeah, and then and you if have the to risk do doesn't, that's right. That's exactly it. If the risk doesn't work out, now you've got to go back. Now, so then you have the choice: mm-hmm. do you fly back to Colombia or Mexico, or do you stay in this country and have it done? And I, have, you know, usually having a repair work done is more expensive than the initial operation. Yes. So tell me, you know, you had the this outcome. So six months later, you're still in bad pain. You don't like the way the breasts look. And what led you to come to see another doctor? Well, at what point did you, you know. decide I really have to take care of it?
8: Because it was so painful that I couldn't even sleep, so I started uh, looking around, um, talking to friends, and, and and somebody recommended me a very good doctor, and I went to him, and he he did what the other doctor didn't even think of. My breast <laughs> looks perfect now, and I would recommend to anybody that will. Or please, please don't do anything outside the country because they first don't, don't guarantee the job. And second of all, they probably won't even look at you again.
1: Yeah, and that, you don't get really hardly any follow up. And if you have no, any no issues, no follow any, up, and, nothing. And you know, the issues that people can have, that they can have long after the surgery is done. That you might have come back looking great. Uh, unfortunately, that wasn't your situation, but no. it, you, it could have been. And you could have looked great, but then started developing problems six months, a mm-hmm. year, two years later. Then what are you going to do?
8: And they probably didn't even use the right the right uh, implants to begin with.
1: Well, so- you know that it could be, and it, you know you don't know. There's no standardization of operating facilities, There's the sterility, exactly. and you know. So Marisol, you know, when we did your revision surgery, it, well, I remember speaking with you before. The the procedure and explaining mm-hmm. to you, look, this is a, a really bad situation, and, yep. and you have you had a lot of capsular contracture on one side. You had another side where Horrible. it was over dissected and it was sitting too low. And your scars weren't that great either. You, they had healed okay, but they the, the way I think the way it was sewn led to a little bit wider scars and more marks and oh, a yes. lot of things. Yeah. You know. So you know, I remember talking with you and saying, look, I I don't know if we're going to be able to get these the, the result to be perfect, you know, I don't know if I'd get it as nice as we really would like it to look, but we can definitely make it better, and now that things have settled down, you know, in talking to they you... They look much in, better,
8: in, believe me, doctor, you, you have um, angel hands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're very sweet. <laughs> <That's> sweet. <laughs> yes, you're very sweet. Yes, you do.
8: You make my, myself look, I, I look beautiful. When I look into the mirror, I am so happy I, I found you.
1: Well, you are a beautiful woman to begin with. And you know, we started from a very good position with the exception of what your breasts look like. So it, it's not hard to make you look good. You came to me looking good, and, and when you left, you looked good. But I'm, I'm happy that we were able to make your breasts look better. But it highlights yes. the importance of making good choices and thinking it Sometimes if you leave the country trying to find the best bargain, you're going to get more than you bargain. It's
8: not for. always the same. It is, you have to pay double.
1: Yeah, and in, in the end, you'll you'll have another procedure if things don't go right, and it's
8: more and expensive.
1: Yeah, yeah, more expensive than I'm. Sh- I'm sure that your revision surgery cost you more than than your original surgery. Yes. So you know, in the end, though, for you, I'm glad things. I'm worked happy out because very everything
8: well. worked out beautiful, but it's not a very good choice to go outside the United States to do it.
1: Yeah, and it was it was quite a while. It was about a year or so before you had your revision from your original surgery. Yes. Yeah, and so that was that's one year of pain and suffering and really feeling lousy about yourself and how you look that, that yeah, might have been avoided.
8: Exactly.
1: Yeah. Well, Marisol, thank you for sharing this story with us. Thank it you takes Dr. a lot you know, for all of our guests. I want to thank everybody. And God for bless
8: you those board. hands.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. Thank you so much. You're you're very sweet, but I, it, it takes a lot. God bless you for coming and sharing this. It takes a lot to tell people oh, if, what it is.
8: If I know. can help somebody to take a decision to make a decision, I will, because when I went to, to for I uh, I went through so much pain and so much um, anger by what they did to me, I will make sure everybody knows what's going on.
1: Well, you know. Thank you again so much. I'm glad that you're sharing it. And that's the important thing, to make sure that people understand not to make bad decisions. So I hope we've helped people today in how to make the right decision and to choose to have a, uh, the properly trained surgeon and have a good experience with plastic surgery. In fact, next week, our show is going to be all about plastic surgery and great outcomes. Next week's show is called Plastic Surgery Changed My Life. And we're going to have a bunch of folks that are will tell their stories. It'll be on the other side of the spectrum. Today was not on the good side, but for most of our patients, it, it worked out okay. Next week, we're going to hear about life-changing plastic surgery and how wonderful things can be in the right hands with good results. Thank, uh, thank all of our guests for calling in. Thanks, everybody, for listening to the show. We hope you tune in next week on New Reflections, 12 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Pacific, here at New Reflections. Thanks for listening. This is Dr. Adam Rubenstein with Pamela Howard. We'll see you next week.
0: We hope you stayed informed and entertained today on New Reflections. Please join your host, Dr. Adam Rubenstein, again next Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. You can also email the doctor at info at dr-rubenstein.com or visit his website at www.dr-rubenstein.com. And don't forget to join us next Saturday for new reflections on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a beautiful weekend.